Hey now, boys and girls, welcome back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, and commercial-free Sharks podcast that is the Pucknologist here on Teal Town USA. It was an interesting week of hockey for the Sharks as they went one and two over three games this week. We're going to dive into those games. Plus, is Eklund still going to be a Shark when we do our show next week? Will anybody else get covid and why does no one know where Evander Kane is? But first, do us a favor. Remember to subscribe, follow us on social media, and if you'd like to help to support the content we deliver, you can donate using that Super Chat option during the live shows, but our preferred method of donation is the Venmo tip jar. You can find us on Venmo at Teal Town USA. Remember, any and all donations are completely appreciated. So, with that... Three games. Three. All of three. But let's see. Hockey Jerk, are you ready for Halloween? And, and whoa, whoa, no free ads, bro. What are you doing? Where are you hanging out at? I, 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 there's a, wow. There's a lot there. Um, there's a lot to take in. I feel like yeah. you're in the wrong spot. Let's 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 situate that. Oh, okay. Now we're going. Ooh, okay. There it is. We're uh, <laughs> we're. We're 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 right outside uh we're right outside of Vander Kane's house. No, Whoa! Oh, 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 yikes. So uh here we are for Halloween, episode one thirty eight. Don't forget we do this every Sunday, seven o'clock Pacific. Talking a little bit of sharks in the weekend sharks hockey. So uh let's start off with this. How do I do in my uh predictions? And from what I heard, you did pretty well. I I did okay. Uh, I did nail the overtime winner versus Winnipeg, but uh, I'm four for eight in actual predictions, like saying when they would win, when they would lose. But through eight games, I did have the Sharks at a five and three record, and right now, that's where they're at. Holla. Just saying. So hopefully we can keep that going. So, uh, Jerk, yes. uh, what are you doing for Halloween besides talking to me? Any plans? Um, uh, I carved, carved a pumpkin. Um, oh, you get sharpening those, uh, knives to carve me up when we talk about Carlson later. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I needed to get, I needed to get good practice in, um, my pump, <laughs> I did carve a 65 into my pumpkin. Nice. Um, and you know, good day. Just, just mellow, uh, around, you know, hanging around the house. Um, did not buy any candy, um, because I like you live in a community that's um it, it it's a couple doors uh to get in there so there you go <laughs> i'm not anticipating anybody and i didn't even realize chip is behind me like just chilling on the jersey <laughs> it, if anything halloween it makes me wish that he was a totally black cat but i dig yeah, it right. <laughs> so uh for me uh it's so funny you know i i live on the, on the, on the top floor of a secure building and so the wife has a bucket with a long ass rope the pictures on my twitter and when the kids come around in the in the costumes, she's like waving her hands, going, "Come this way, we have candy." And she's dropping down the bucket. <laughs> nice, it's very funny. See, it's, see I'm, I'm I'm the same way. You know, my community. You know, it's got it's got the front gate. It's got a locked door to get into my respective building, and then obviously we have a front door. So, no. at that point, I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So let's start with 
the final game of the five-game roadie in Nashville, a 3-1 loss. Ugh. Uh, Eklund comes back in after sitting out against Boston. Baron Banoff comes in, out goes Gadjevich and uh, I'm never going to get that name right, by the way. Uh, and Peterson, who knew that Peterson was the linchpin for the Sharks winning? <laughs> <laughs> Reimer starts. Uh, you know, I was starting to wonder if we were ever going to see Peterson again, barring an injury, but uh, the Sharks get down early. Have to chase the game yet again. Can't get it back. But Timo would nab a point for the sixth straight game for the Sharks' lone goal in that one. There was a lot of standing around. A lot of looking at, hey, look at the puck go that way. Um, in Bugner, that was kind of evidenced by him going to the blender very early in this game. And it was a game that made you go, what the hell happened to our special teams? <laughs> Yeah, kind of, kind of felt like a totally different game compared to the first, uh, the first five. You know, um, that was like, aside from the Boston game, obviously, that was kind of the first time that the Sharks were outplayed by a team that's around their skill level. You know, and I mean, after it was all said and done, I really didn't get too upset about that loss, all things considered. But kind of the first time this season where you know. It was, in terms of the skill on paper, it was pretty evenly matched, and the Sharks ended up, you know, arriving late to the party for that one. Yeah, right. Yeah, the Sharks finally come back home and face the Montreal Canadiens, who they had shut out earlier, just a little over a week earlier. Aiden Hill beat them 5 nothing, and then what happened? <laughs> Sharks <laughs> dropped their third straight, failing to score a power play goal. While giving up a power play goal, uh, first game of the season when Burns didn't lead the defense in time on ice. And uh, <laughs> go ahead. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, Mike Hoffman would score the opening goal. Of course he did. <laughs> yeah. It was like, all right, so we, we swapped some shutouts with Montreal. And I mean, dude, could the Canadians have needed a win more? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no doubt. Yikes. Uh, the thing that's a little scary in this one, and we'll get to it in a little bit, but, uh, you know, the last time I looked, the barn holds like 17,562, depending on where you're at, dude, 11,46, and it's 65% full in the tank on that one. Interesting. For a Thursday night against Montreal, whatever. Uh, finally, the Sharks versus Winnipeg, a 2-1 overtime victory. Again, Timo Meyer showing up when it mattered most. Uh, the second time hosting the Jets in two weeks after beating them 4-3 in the opener. Uh, the game would start 30 minutes late after like, I don't know, a third of the team or what some would say $30 million in contracts would go on COVID protocol. And the first thing I want to ask you about this, Jerk, what if the CUDA are still in Wooster? Like, what if the CUDA are not a San Jose-based team? Yeah, exactly. Does, like, does well, this game even get played? Well, so that's the thing. Um, one of the things I read on Twitter was basically, you know, the Barracuda not only being in San Jose, but having a game in San Jose the previous day is what secured this game continuing. Otherwise, it would have it would have been postponed. And, you know, the one of the things the NHL came up with in their, you know, their COVID protocol for this season was a situation... Um, I guess an action plan for if they had did have to postpone games 
Um, but you know, thankfully it didn't come to that. Um, and the, man, the sharks were able to gut that one out. I mean, quite literally the odds were stacked against them and they pulled it through, which I think, I think it's a microcosm for the team as a whole this year. If you ask me that, that I was amazed the way that the sharks performed now, or should I say the shark Akuda? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, the standouts for me, of course, were. What, how are we pronouncing his name now? Hataka. Well, <laughs> it, according according to the broadcast, it's Hataka. Um, the only way I've ever heard it in my research and reading and listening has been Hataka. But if the broadcast is saying Hataka, I will defer to them. Makuna Hataka. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, it's a player called Hataka. <laughs> <laughs> so um Hataka, I'll go with that. And Barabanov, uh for me the were the standouts. Uh oh, huge, dude. I, I I was somewhat unimpressed with Leonard and yep. Ryan Merkley in this one. Uh, I agree agree with you there. I thought I look at Barabanov the way he played in that game, and I'm thinking he's probably he's probably given the horse eye to Bob and is like, Yeah, play me. Yeah. You know? And Leonard, I'll be honest, um, I knew he got called up. I knew he was in the lineup. But every time they said his name, it was a surprise to me because I forgot he was there. <laughs> You're like, where? <laughs> Who? And, 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 and Ryan Merkley, I thought in the offensive zone he was good. I thought in the defensive zone he was just okay. Yeah. And uh, getting back to the attendance issue okay. for a second. <laughs> Yeah, this one just a little better than Thursday, going from eleven four sixty three to eleven eight forty five. That's that's not good. Yeah, no, it's not. And I think I, I'm I'm willing to to kind of give the benefit of the doubt here because you know, one of the when you spoke with Jonathan Becker, one of the things he was saying was, you know, despite the vaccines and the protocols, there was still a, a hesitancy to go out and about and yeah. I'm sure that's true, but you and I were both kind of like, you know, yeah, it may or may not also have to do with how well the team has been the last two years. But I would say the Sharks have been good more than they've been bad this season, which makes me think there's the the um, COVID nervousness, if you will, is maybe bigger of a factor than we originally thought. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. Well, and that's fine. You know what? If you don't want to go, hey, more power to you. Well, and we'll see... How that progresses, I mean, the rest of this week, we, you know, <laughs> what doesn't go in the Sharks' favor, of course, is seeing Buffalo on Tuesday, you know. <laughs> the, the the surging Buffalo Sabres, I might add. Uh, surging, yet not the biggest draw. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And then uh, follow that up with the Blues on Thursday and then New Jersey on Saturday. It, it could be a, uh, a long road to hoe, my friend, this week when it comes to drawing fans to the tank. We shall see. But, uh, I mean, I can't give enough stick taps to the guys that, you know, played the night before for the CUDA, woke up that morning to a text message going, wait, what? I'm doing who now? What? <laughs> and, and just like not like even like Reimer mentioned it in the post game like it was I think an hour before the start of the game where they weren't even sure if they were going to be playing or not well so. and that's 
that's the reason why the game start time was delayed because they were literally waiting for test results. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I I'm impressed that they were able to get the game off. I'm in, I was impressed with the majority of the the CUDA players that that were able to come in and I don't know, but essentially make the coach go, "Wait, who's this guy again?" <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You know, now there was a couple of guys like Barracuda Captain Magna where I was kind of like, oof, that hurts. <laughs> but there was a few guys who stood out. So let's get to the stats as to where the Sharks are at right now. Uh, the power play dropped off a scotch down from 29% last week, now at 22%. Still good. Still very good, but they have dropped from 7th in the league to 14th. Uh, the Sharks did score a power play goal in regulation in their last five games after scoring at least one, or I'm sorry, failed to score power play goal in regulation in their last five games after scoring at least one in their first three. So hopefully the power play gets back on track. The PK, on the other hand, after going 10-10, and 10, uh, is now 15 and 18. Still good. Yeah, 83%, 14th in the league. Faceoff wins, again, has gone down. They're at 52.3 a week ago, now at 50.9. They've dropped to 11th in the NHL, still in the top half. So the numbers are still good, and it's still that quote unquote small sample size. So let's see how COVID and all these things impact all of this stuff. Uh, but the goalies for me are really, I, I, I want to say the story of this first eight games. Uh, Hill, and, and I was going to say Hill, maybe not in the best way. Hill right now, goals against 2.95. That's, that's not great. Save percentage 893. If you remember, Martin Jones put up an 896 Year after year after year. <laughs> uh, but right now, Aiden Hill, a 3-2 and two record. Remember, he was replaced in one game with Reimer. Reimer, on the other hand, goals against average 1.13. File under things you like to see. Under things you fucking love to see, a save percentage <laughs> of 964. <laughs> uh, right. My, I, well, I think it's worth mentioning really quick on Hill is... A couple, kind of like how we talked about last week's in last week, where at the end of the season, there's always going to be outliers that you can post to, and all of them point to, and all of them are in the first part of the season, <laughs> and that's I think we've kind of seen that with Aiden Hill, right? I mean, yeah. you know, especially like against the lead in three against Toronto, like that's to be expected, and then obviously Boston's a good team. Nashville came hot at him, and Montreal did as well. I'm, I think we'll see that correct eventually. I would hope so. And I just think I don't know. You're you're talking about the numbers, you're breaking it down and I I think everything's still fine. You know what I mean? Like yeah, down, you know, everything is down per se, but if you will. Um but <laughs> if you will. <laughs> you know, the way I kind of look at it is like, hey, like if you're in the top 16, you're doing all right. Well, if you will. Thanks, Eddie. Yeah. Um so Alden the SAP center's lax to zero mask enforcement is a huge deterrent is a joke. I, I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the the mm -hmm. SAP center, they're a little desperate to hire some people 
and there's not a lot of people enforcing any of the mask mandate. It's just kind of like, if you get in, that's it. And it's like, hopefully you're a cool person and you wear your mask when you're supposed to, but there's going to be those people who are like, nope, feels good, feel comfortable, I'm fine with it. But there are people that are just going to go, nope, not going until something changes. We'll find out. But I want to ask you, at this ask. point, with those numbers that I just said to you, mm-hmm. I'm of the belief that there's let me let me let me whip it out if you will. We we got three home games this week: Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Um, if I'm Bob Bugner, and I'm feeling better because right now I'm in COVID protocol, <laughs> Bob Bugner. But <laughs> <laughs> if I'm Still making the call to the coach's room, I'm saying, yeah, Reimer gets the next two starts. Like, ride the hot hand. Yeah, I mean, based on that logic, I say why not, especially against, um, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, <laughs> this surging Buffalo Sabres, you know, 5-2-1 and one to start the season, which we all predicted, right? Uh, so, absolutely. I say why, I think you go with Reimer... I honestly, I think the only thing that should be decided is Reimer versus Buffalo. And then, you know, if he wins, you go Reimer against St. Louis. If he loses, I think maybe you flip a coin for that St. Louis game. You're right. And that's not that's not to say that Aiden Hill has been bad or shouldn't be playing or anything like that. Because I've actually, despite the numbers, I've liked what I've seen from Aiden Hill so far. I just think... Dude, Reimer, time, Reimer's playing well, dude. Reimer's playing well, especially in a time... Um, in a time where the Sharks are scratching and clawing right now because, as you said, a third of their team is in the COVID protocol, you just got to go with the hot hand for right now. And now Reimer could easily lay an egg on Tuesday, and then come Thursday, Aiden Hill has a shutout. I mean, we've seen the pendulum swing the other way, so you know there's reason to say it could swing that way as well. But I agree with you. I think you go Reimer on against Buffalo, and then you kind of just reset from there. Yeah. And, you know, our buddy Ian, winning, you're in. So that's yeah. it. Reimer's that's taking the, the win. That's the tandem motto there. So. <laughs> right? Uh, from the blue line, the blue line has kind of drifted. <laughs> Two goals, 12 assists in the first five. No points in three games this week for all, all the carving that I was that I expected <laughs> last week about the defense and especially EK 65, uh, no points coming from the defense this way. So are we, are we pumping the brakes? <laughs> um, I, I, I wouldn't say we're pumping the brakes. I think, I think we had a, you know, I think we were going 75 in the left lane and then you caught up to somebody going 60. And so you had to slow down a little bit. All right. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you this. Are we ever going to see Eric Carlson play a full game or a full season with the Sharks? <laughs> COVID protocol. Dude, I hope. Broken hey, thumb, the, broke this groin, that groin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, poor guy, right? Because everything, <sighs> everything that's said about like, oh, he's injury prone, but it's like, I don't really feel like you can assign blame for any of these. No, like, you can't. No, like, it's, dude. <laughs> how dare, how dare Brendan Dillon shoot a puck at Eric Carlson's thumb. I know. How dare he test like test positive, right? <laughs> what an like, asshole, right? Yeah. <laughs> the the one thing you got to love though, Timo fucking Meyer. <laughs> like hell yeah. Dude. Here's the guy 
that we've been waiting on, man. Leading the Sharks five goals, 11 points in eight games. Like, you talk about a guy who had, I don't know, maybe had just like been done with hearing about how much he was not performing before. Dude is gripping it and ripping it, like leading the Sharks with shots on goal, just crashing, looking for chances at all avenues. How can you not love what Timo is doing so far this season? Can he keep this momentum going over 82? I think so. Um, I think we kind of saw the... um the his his first breakout season you know that 2018-19 season where they went to the western conference final started similarly for timo meyer where i think i and these numbers are definitely going to be wrong but it was something <laughs> like he had it was like eight goals in 12 games or something ridiculous you know and it was that hot start and yeah he slowed down but eventually got to a point where he was just consistently chipping in chipping away doing what he's got to do and i think the big thing for Timo Meyer, that's been huge for him this year is he's, you know, he's finally doing what he's good at. Yes. You know, he's playing the body. He's getting shots on net. Like last year, his shot selection was 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 awful. I mean, we talked about it on the podcast. You know, he gets to the faceoff dot, throws it at the glass, and it's a TV timeout. And <laughs> now, you know, he he he's taking a crap load of shots, but they're all hitting the net because he's putting himself into a prime position he's using his his like he's a big guy and he's a physical guy but he's 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 not some you know he's not like a knuckle dragger out there either like he can move and he's just making it happen he's doing he's doing what he's good at and you know that's how guys get rewarded on the score sheet i mean leads the team in scoring 11 points in eight games as you mentioned um and you know, obviously his line mates, Couture and Dolan, both in COVID pro or I'm sorry, Dolan in COVID protocol, Couture. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, uh, that whole line is that whole line is clicking. And I think as much as Timo is making things happen on his own, I think the fact that everybody on his line is buzzing, I think it's just you, you start to develop that belief where it's like, yeah, every time the puck's on my stick, it's going in. But is it a point of concern, though, that the Couture line with Dolan and Meyer is I mean, responsible for the vast majority of points right now. I would say no. Um, and I think you can go back to, I mean, go back to what I said about outliers, right? You know, there's going to be outliers and they're all at the beginning of the season. And you look like we know, we know Tomas Hurdle is a good player. Like he doesn't need to prove anything. He's a good player. And he's got four points in eight, eight games. I stand to believe that that's going to correct eventually. Just, based on the fact that he is a good player. You know, I think um, William Eklund, he's obviously had no points in his last four games, but I still think he fits in on <laughs> What that a line. loser. <laughs> I know, but I still think he fits in on that line. I think he fits in in the NHL, and, and you know, I, I've really liked what I've seen from him as well, just the creativity standpoint. And then obviously, you know, Rudy Balsers, everybody seems to love to bully Rudy Balsers, but, like, the last couple games, I think he's had the most chances out of everybody. And, you know, it's like Ian Reid said on After Dark last night, like, Balsers just needs to get one, and then they're all going to start going in for him. Well, and I remember I you saying, yeah, there there will be no disparagement of Rudolph's no. Balsers when no, you we, are involved. No, we do not we do not slander Rudy Balsers' name in this house. 
<laughs> the haunted one behind me. You will have to live in there if you talk bad about Rudolph's Balsers. Because I think, and I see these, oh, scratch Balsers. It's like, why? Yeah. Why? Like, yeah, he's not scoring, but he's making things happen. He can hang with Hurdle. And as we'll get into it a little bit later, Hurdle's the best player on the team. If you can hang with the best player on the team, chances are you should be playing. Yeah. So let's get into some fun for a second here, which we'll call, wait, what? <laughs> if players were Halloween candy. Oh, we're doing this now? For the Sharks. What would, who, who, what would they be? I'll give you mine. I'll, I'll give you mine first. Okay. Timo Meyer. Yep. He, he would be, this season, my payday. Because okay. when he's out there, we're getting paid with goals. Yeah, I dig it. So you give me somebody who, if they're a candy, what Halloween candy are they? And I, and I also throw this to the chat. I want to know what the chat thinks. So I've got a couple. Um, so comes to mind, and I kind of mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. But, you know, I think of Tomas Hurdle, best player on the team. More often than not is making things happen. He's factoring into uh, the game in a positive way. Sure. That's your Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Or dare I say your Hershey's Kiss? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, you know, you think you think about a peanut butter cup, right? It could be, you know, that lunchtime snack. Um, maybe you got the munchies and it's 2 a.m. Or, you know, whatever's going on. You know, you dig into that pillowcase and that's the first thing you grab. <laughs> the peanut butter cup, it's always good. It always delivers, no matter what. Tomas, Tomas Hurdle is your peanut butter cup. I think if we want to get into it a little bit more, Kevin LeBanc. And and again, I should say as well, these are all based on how I feel about candy. Feel free to disagree. Same with the chat. Feel free to agree or disagree. Kevin LeBanc, he's a good player. But you, you sometimes forget how good he is. And I feel the same way about Kit Kat bars. Because Kit Kat is a good candy, but I always forget it's a good candy until it's I bite into it. It's not your go-to. It's not the go-to, but you know what? You pick it up and you take a bite, and and you know what? You 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 remind yourself how good it is. There you go. I think if you want to turn it the other way a little bit, um, I got a couple other ones here. I would say Alexander Barabanov, kind of a you know a lesser talked about guy in the beginning, and then just showed up and bam, right there, impact. To me, that's Pop Rocks. Because Pop, Ro <laughs> because, because Pop Rocks, you're kind of like, Pop Rocks? Like, all right, whatever. You throw them in your mouth, and then boom, 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 boom. It's popping in your mouth. And that's that's Alexander Barabanov. It's just you didn't think much of it, but then you'd get it in there, and it's like, whoa, hey, you know. Um, Radim Shimik, uh, everybody loved him when they were a kid. Now they're really not that much into him. I think Radim Shimmick is Laffy Taffy, personally. <laughs> oh, I thought you were um, going jawbreaker on that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Evander Kane, I think, you know, um, I think Evander Kane is candy corn. You well. Know, you get <laughs> it, and you're polite about it, but then as soon as you round the corner, you dump that shit out of your bag and you move on. <laughs> <laughs> In the chat, Evander Kane is an apple with a razor blade inside. <laughs> but there you go. There you go. See, those are, those oh. are if we're talking players as Halloween candies. Those are kind of my five uh, that I sort of came up with. Um, I like it. I like yeah. it. It's just, a, you know what? For me, uh, like Mario Ferraro is the Snickers. It's just okay. like, he, it's just, it, it, 
always reliable, always tastes good. Might not be the first thing you grab out of the bag, but when you see it, you're like, yeah, yeah, we like yeah. it. You know, I, I dig it. Right? I dig that. I think you could say, um, <laughs> I, I, I think, um, and again, you know, this is obvious. There's obviously some recency bias here. Um, I'm look. I look at Lane Peterson, and I think, and I think, I think Milky Who? Way. I think Milky Way. <laughs> Because you look at it, you look at it, and you're like, "Why do people like this?" <laughs> Dude, I'm so there with you. <laughs> oh, Taco Cruiser, thank you so much for the super chat. Taco saying, "Should Kane be allowed back on the team?" No. Yeah, no. I'm gonna. I, I am. I am in agreement with the jerk man. I would say no. Let me ask you this. Sure. So we're talking about Halloween really quick. Um, Hold on. Sharks last, just like I said with Ferraro. Snickers satisfies, as does there Ferraro. There you go. Uh, you um, were saying. Yeah, you know what? We, uh, It's only been 30 minutes, and I think we're a little over halfway through the show, so I feel I can ask you an off-topic question. Sure. Um, so, you know, uh, we're talking Halloween here. So, you know, obviously when you're a kid, you go trick-or-treating, you do the whole thing. What was your receptacle of choice you know were you a, a were you a jack were you a jack-o'-lantern no. bucket guy were you a pillowcase guy pillowcase absolutely yeah. because dude i mean jack-o'-lantern what you know it's, it's, <laughs> right it, oh, let me let me query you this were you ever one of those people and, and i'll be the first to admit i've done it were you ever one of those ones that did your uh Got your costume on, did your your rounds, if you will, and then uh, went home and uh, grabbed a, a different pillowcase, put on a different costume, and went again. <laughs> uh, no, I've I, not. See, done, I did. <laughs> I've not done that. But when I was a kid, the neighborhood that we then well, a couple of things. Number one, the neighborhood that we hit was it was a pretty big neighborhood. So like, you do one tour and you're set. You're I dialed gotcha. in. But also, and even now this is the case, but especially when I was a kid, I wasn't the biggest candy guy. You know, like we'd get home, dump the pillowcase out, and, you know, your parents, at least, you know, parents, the, the smart thing to do is you check the candy, make sure there's nothing, nothing's open, nothing's, <laughs> you know, nothing's open, nothing's tampered with, right? You know, yeah. you got to make sure all that stuff's dialed in. And, you know, I would get through my candy, I'd look, and, you know, okay, so... Reese's peanut butter cups, Kit Kats, Jolly Ranchers, uh, you know, maybe if somebody threw in some sour skittles in there, I'd be all about that as well. But honestly, most of the candy I gave to my brother. <laughs> you know, so I was I was, you know, I I would take my 38 peanut butter cups and I'd be on my way, you yeah. know. Um, <laughs> so we all saw what happened yesterday if you're watching us live. Uh, like we said earlier, the Sharks weren't even sure if they were going to play yesterday. And all of this obviously did have an impact because the Barracuda should be playing the Stockton Heat right now, but that game was, in fact, postponed. Mm -hmm. uh, how is this COVID protocol going to affect the team? I mean, don't the inf infected need to stay away from the team for like 10 days? Like, we're talking about those three games that are supposed to be played this week for San Jose. <sighs> Who's in? You know, like, are we going to see more of what we saw against Winnipeg? So Where it's like, it, if you're healthy, you're like clean test, you're in. <laughs> so it's the, um, 
if you are if you're asymptomatic, um, you can get back in once you present a negative COVID test because um, and it seems it seems like most of the most of the asymptomatic uh, positive cases have been false positives. You know, not to say all of them, but a good chunk of them are. I believe um, uh, I believe Mark Shifley was a false positive. And there was at least, a, at least one other big name that was a false positive as well. But those who are symptomatic, they they do have to be held out for 10 days and they require uh, doctor's approval to come back as well. And, um, you know, nothing is confirmed, obviously. But the, you know, I believe I want to say it was Shang who put it out there that it's at, at least two of the seven players are symptomatic. Hmm. So Well, and I'm interested to see if Couture bounces back because Couture was, quote, unquote, under the weather, not actually, you know, impacted by COVID. So remains to be seen. We'll see how that plays out. There was today was a an off day for the team. So I'm assuming we're going to get a lot more information tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. You know, it is what it is after practice in the morning. You know, follow uh, the the boys, if you will, Kurz, Pashelka, Shank. They're going. They're going to be there. They're going to tell us what's going on, and they're going to give us the uh, the dirt, if you will. If we're lucky, uh, they will do some Zoom availability. But yeah, follow the boys. They'll let you know if you're interested. Uh, let's move on to what I was talking about earlier when it comes to attendance. The home opener drew just over 16,000. Sharks played two home games this week. Neither reached 12,000. Um, is this expectations of a bad team? Is this reaction to COVID? Is this reaction to being priced out? Uh, uh, can three things be true? Yeah, absolutely they can. I think, like we kind of talked about earlier, you know, if... You know, Jonathan Becker, you know, in the interview you did with him, you know, he's of the belief that um, there's still a little bit of nervousness that comes with going out with um, during the pandemic. And, and um, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about that. You know, I'm for, you know, for the record, you know, I'm I'm I've got both of my Pfizer shots and I'm actually getting ready to get a booster shot as well here pretty soon. So in terms of taking the proper precautions, you know, I'm where I need to be for my own personal self, but there is still that little bit of hesitancy, especially if you're somebody like me, you work in a high risk area. I mean, it's always going to be in the back of your mind. So I, I think there is some credence to that. There's definitely a lot of credence to that, but I think as well, you know, the, the way the sharks have played to start the season, it, it, I'm happy about it. I think you're happy about it. Um, but definitely unexpected. Sure. And, and, you know, people were expecting another slow start, another bad season. And so maybe, you know, you're going to get people who say, well, you know, this hot start is nice, but, you know, ask me where they're at on December 1. And I think that's totally fair as well. You know, if at the end of the day, it's your money. And if you choose not to spend it um, on a on a hockey ticket, hey, more power to you. I think as well, something that's really not that considered, not considered all that much. But, you know, the last two years, no fans, limited fans, mask, no mask, vaccine, all this stuff. From what I've read, it seems like a lot of people have, I guess, fallen in love with the idea of watching the game at home. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'd say fallen in love with it, but maybe like a little bit of condition to it. Like mm-hmm. maybe, 
hey, rather than spending these thousands of dollars on season tickets, I'll spend a couple grand on a really nice, like, 85-inch OLED TV that looks spectacular. Yeah. And, hey, this and looks pretty comfortable, and it's nice that I don't have to pay $16 a beer in my house. Well, exactly. You know, you'll get... You know, you don't have to pay that much for beer. You can get whatever snacks you want. You're, I personally think, and and this is totally my unbiased unbiased opinion. But you know, I've been to, um, if you include San Jose, um, I've been to five NHL arenas. The Sharks have the most comfortable seats of the five I've been to. So obviously they they have good seats. But if I had to choose between seats at an arena or my couch i think i would choose my (laughs) i think i would choose my couch but also and i think this may tie into it more than we realize you know what you don't have to do when you watch the sharks game at home wear a mask wear a mask i'm all for wearing don't get me wrong i believe personally i believe you should wear a mask if you go out i believe it's the right thing to do that said i totally understand if people are tired of doing it i'm one of those people i'm really Uh. tired of doing it but I do it because it's what's asked of me, but at the same time, I totally understand if you want to be somewhere where you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, Puck guy also noting attendance is low everywhere, which was (laughs) noted by Sean Shapiro in the athletic last week. Right. So it's like, it's down across the board, but I've, you know, I've been watching different games. You see banks of seats that are close to the glass that are empty. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I do kind of think it leans a little bit more towards just people not being comfortable being in an enclosed area with thousands of other people. So it is what it is. Uh, Let's move on here. Players were yet again asked about Evander Kane, this time being asked, have they spoken to him? Do they know where he is? And the thing is, no one has spoken to him, and no one knows where he is. More people know where Carmen San Diego is. More people know where Jimmy Hoffa is than who <laughs> knows where Evander Kane is at this point. Do you even think he's in the U.S. at this point? I mean, probably. You know, there's there are some sleuths on the internet who've been able to uh, surmise where he is, um, but I mean, you can only trust that so much, right? I think. I think it's pretty telling because set aside everything that that's been said and you know everything that Evander Kane's done, you know if this was a guy that the Sharks were behind and they wanted him to get back, you know they would they would be saying like you know we hope he's doing all right, you know we can't wait to get him back in here, but you know <laughs> none of that. The coach doesn't know where you are. The captain hasn't spoken to you in months. <laughs> right, like. You, I'm sorry to say, you're not on the team anymore. No. Like, if you were coming back, the coach would know where you were or have at least spoken to you on the phone, and the same thing. And Couture even said, he said, I don't know if anybody's talked to him. Yeah. And I think that tells you everything you need to know. You're exactly right. Uh, To the chat real quick here, uh, Bozasaurus saying, Panthers games look crazy full. I mean, yeah, if you open up undefeated. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, and and that's not to disparage what they've got going on because getting to a Panthers game is no easy feat, my friend. <laughs> that building well, no. is out in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> I was I was gonna say, you know, you would have to, um, you know, you, you make sure you bring your machete with you because there's a pretty thick marsh out there. Yeah, 
So so good on them. Uh, I, I'm I'm blown away when, by their start. And like you said, it helps when the team is is undefeated to start the year. I mean, you know they uh, they've started this season eight zero and one, and you know everybody expected them to be a good team in the Atlantic Division this year. But they didn't to, expect this. Yeah, but to lead the Atlantic Division and lead it comfortably, yeah. you know, eight, they've won eight wins. Six of them are in regulation, so they get the job done when they need to. And we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, yeah. The big thing that I want to talk about, though, is, and, and this has been the debate that's been going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. It comes, to, we will receive an answer this week. Do the Sharks burn a year of William Eklund's entry-level contract. And for those who are not aware, Jerk, please explain to the people what that all means. So basically, um, because, you know, because William Eklund is a, he was a player, he's on his entry-level contract. He was just drafted um, four months ago, Um, (laughs) you know, so uh, he is one of, in that situation where he can play nine he can play nine NHL games, do his thing, do whatever he wants. If he plays that tenth game, his contract will essentially kick in. If and now let me clarify this: he actually has to play, right? Because he was scratched in the Boston game. Correct. He has to step on the ice in ten games. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, if he say after that ninth game, you know, he gets sent to the Barracuda or he gets sent back to his Swedish hockey league team, Deer Garden. He his entry level contract will not kick in, and what will happen was will it'll essentially slide, where you know the the first year of the contract would essentially be next year. The contract will slide, mm-hmm. and you know to kind of answer the question you you posed a few seconds ago, is he gonna stay past nine games? Abs- I absolutely. I mean, he's got three how assists. Could, how could you not? How could you not? Because here's the thing. He's got three assists in seven games, so he's getting in on the offense. But even when, and as we talked about before, you know, him, Hurdle, Balsers, that line, they've had tough sledding so far. They're still, as a unit, playing very well together. They're making things happen. They're getting grade A scoring chances. It just so happens that those chances are not going in. And I'm going to say it again. We talk about outliers. Eventually, outliers become outliers. You know, right now it looks like that's the status quo. Eventually, this will be an outlier, and that line will be clicking and buzzing, and I think Eklund will be a part of it. And here's the thing: even if that first year of that contract does kick in, after you know, it could be game 32, and the Sharks can still send him to the Barracuda. They can still send him to Deer Garden. I don't think, at this point, especially because even though he hasn't been on the score sheet, the fact that he's made as big of an impact as he has. I think the Sharks don't really care how many games he plays. Well, like they're they're more like I I imagine that if it gets to the middle of the season and they have to send him down, I don't think they'll be too upset about kicking in that first year. Well, and here here's the funny thing, and I don't know if this if this is just like fans becoming more educated sure. about entry level contracts and all that, but there was so much about, oh my God, do we burn his first year and blah, blah, blah. I don't remember hearing fuck all about Tomas Hurdle his first year. <laughs> you know what I mean? When he well, hit that nine-game plateau, what, what? It was like he'd already had a two-goal game versus uh, the Coyotes. He had the four goals against the Rangers. Right. Like, I'm sure if Eklund at this point already had like eight goals, it would be like, yeah, the, why are we even talking about this? Now, Kid has not scored a goal yet, 
but he's definitely shown, uh, you know, the, what you need to stick. Absolutely. And, and it's now obviously goals win games. I think puck guy will tell you that. Um, but you don't need to score all the time to make an impact. And like I said, that line, they've not scored, but they're getting grade A scoring chances. They're not getting killed out there. I, I, I think he's played at an NHL level, even though he's only got three assists in seven games. I say you keep him up. And even if you have to send him down after the nine games, who cares? Because like the type of player that William Eklund is, and he's a skilled player, this is not a this is not it's not a a situation like Balser's or like LeBanc or even Couture and Pavelski in the past where it's like, yeah, you've done good, but you know, we we still kind of want to see, so we're going to do short term and we'll see where it goes. No. After this entry level contract, which by the way, if it does not slide, if he stays past the 9 game threshold, his entry level contract will expire at the end of the 2023-24 season. I'm of the belief that in these three years, Eklund will play so well, the Sharks are going to have to pay him, even if they do let this, you know, don't let the contract kick in. There's no, oh, well, it, you know, maybe we can manipulate the system so we don't have to pay him as much. No, like, you're going to have to pay him regardless <laughs> because he's an elite-level player. <laughs> and so, Ian jumping in saying Eklund isn't going to benefit from playing lesser competition, and you can always pull the ripcord if things get ugly down the road. Exactly. I, I think the... You know, the idea of burning that first level contract, I, I think I think it's a bit overblown. Like even like here's the thing, and it's kinda like what we talk we said, you know, people said, Oh, well, you know, I don't want to rush his development. And you and I both said, Well, if he's already developed, what's there to rush, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing. If you burn the first year of that contract, it means you have a good player on your hockey team. Right. And Ian's saying the Oilers pulled the ripcord on Dreisaitl after burning his first year. Turned out fine. Yeah, I heard that guy's good. <laughs> yeah, might be. <laughs> so, yeah, we're both of the the mindset that, yeah, Eklund sticks. He's not going anywhere. So, And I'm fine with that, 100%. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it earlier. I don't want to go too deep, but I, are we both of the accord of just that, like, you go with the hot hand and goal, like Reimer needs to start minimum two of the next three. Yeah, sure. Okay. I so. think you just play with who's playing well. There you go. Uh, and then for those who give a shit, Logan Couture got engaged. So there you go. Good you for know. him. Yeah. Happy and that's him. that's the whole, happy for him, absolutely, absolutely. But odd that he gets engaged. It's announced on Instagram. And then the very next game, he's under the weather. <laughs> we don't want to speculate, but what are the chances he was hung over? Yeah, hung over. Maybe it fell off. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you you don't know. You don't know because God knows, girl's been girl has been waiting long enough. I think mm -hmm. they've been together for like I don't know five years. But anyway, so uh, there you go. Let's let's go around the NHL here for a hot second. Uh, I I don't want to go too into the weeds. But the NHL fined the Blackhawks $2 million for a 2010 incident. Several staff have resigned. Coach Quinville has resigned as a result uh, because Kyle Beach went public about some nefarious shit that happened back in 2010. Um, go ahead. So for, for I think it's important to say, and, and for those who haven't, um, 
the 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 clip that TSN did with Kyle Beach, it was Rick Westhead. Which, by the way, r- the reporting that Rick Westhead did on this situation. Oh, if that guy doesn't win a Pulitzer, it was like his. I believe his reporting, and Kyle Beach said that as well in this TSN hit. Rick's reporting is what made everything happen the way it is. So, you know, I I commend Rick for not really caring about burning bridges and mm-hmm. more caring about getting the truth out there. I. I watched that 26 minute video and I'll tell you what, dude, it was, it was, it was really hard to get through because you can tell that this situation 11 years later, this situation still weighs heavily on Kyle beach. But I also think it was important to watch as a, as an educating tool, but also just to see, you know, just to see everything that's going on. Right. And I, I give Kyle full commendation for, just coming out with this story like it's you know there's just so much to it like you're gonna have certain douchebags on the internet who are gonna be like who are gonna say dumb things wait a minute there are douchebags on the internet the hell you say yeah you know you're gonna have douchebags on the internet who demean who demean what happened to kyle beach because he's a six foot four male but that kind of stuff, it still takes a toll. There's, and Rick has talked about it a lot. You know, there's a power dynamic that does not discriminate against how big or small somebody is. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the well, employee. Dude, that, when someone threatens you and basically says, if you don't do this, I'm going to make sure that your lifelong dream never fucking happens. Exactly. That can and mess I with think, your head. And, you know, I, I give Kyle Beach full props because the story that he told, it's, that's such a hard, hard thing to put out there. Oh, and he, yeah. like he was just, he was very brave and he was very confident that he was doing the right thing. And he was very emotional too. The half of the video, he was visibly upset, but he powered through and he, he got his story out there. And I think it's very important. If you haven't watched it already, I seriously ad- advise you to do that. And now I think the NHL deserves some blame because they fined the Blackhawks $2 million, which, if you ask me, is a bullshit penalty. Because the New Jersey Devils were fined more money and loss of draft picks for circumventing the salary cap in 2000, uh, 2011 or 2012, I believe that was. Well, the Arizona, and, and is, the Arizona, yeah, I was going to say, what about the Coyotes? The Arizona Coyotes were dinged for draft pick penalty because they did illegal combine testing. Now, those things are bad and they should be punished. There's nobody is debating that. But this situation is a million times worse than worse than both of those combined and a 2 million dollar fine I think is bush league and I think the it makes the NHL look stupid and as Ian has said multiple times on Twitter, YouTube chat, wherever anybody'll listen, you know, best sport, worst league. And the- I agree with that 100%. Well, the fact that, I mean, it, all this time, look, first off, the, the fact that it took this long to come about, and then, you, I don't know if you've read the whole thing, but I, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to bullshit. I didn't read the entire thing because it, it, it's a lot to get through, but I did probably absorb about 70% of what I read, and just to look at all of that and to see that it took a decade for it to come out. And then you've got guys like Coach Q going, oh, I don't really remember that meeting. And then like two days later, and I'm resigning. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Just, and the, uh... fact, the, the fact that there was this, you know, like you said, there was this meeting 
to sort of cover it all up, right? And 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 all of the people, you know, five of the six people who were in that meeting have all resigned. Yeah. You know, Coach Q, and here's the thing, with Coach Q and with Stan Bowman and with uh, McIsaac, who was with the Blackhawks at the time as well, had they not resigned, they would have been fired. And I think deservedly so because... See, I don't even think at this point, I mean, not to be a dick about this, but... I don't even think you should get the option to resign. No, I you know think what you I mean? should be fired. Yeah. Like, it's... I just think all of the people who colluded in that meeting to stash this away, I I, I honestly hope they never get a job again. Because yeah. this is this is just a, a really And this shitty, is not cancel culture, people. <laughs> no, this is being held accountable for your shitty actions. Yeah. You like, know, tell, and, telling, uh, telling a bad joke you know in, in, at the wrong place the wrong time whatever that to me that's not a cancel culture thing trying to cover up something like this you know like no that deserves yeah you you need to never be involved in the nhl ever again and, and and like your name should be pulled off the cup and the thing and the thing too that kind of it, it makes me think things right so it was, and I and I'm a little I'm a little fuzzy on on these particular details, but um, you know John John McDonough, who was the um, he was the president of the Blackhawks. He he had been the pre he was the um, the president since 2007, and he was the CEO since 2011, and he he was fired in April of 2020 under mysterious circumstances because at the time everybody's saying, Oh yeah, John McDonough, you know, he's part of the, the group that, you know, got the Blackhawks where they are and awesome. Right. So it, he was fired under mysterious circumstances and now this new shit has come to light and it kind of makes you wonder, okay, maybe he was fired for a completely different reason that never became public. But also if you read the statement of Joel Quinville, you read the statement of Stan Bowman. These statements read like guys who want another job in the future, yeah. but are also trying to deflect blame to um, to John McDonough. And that's not to say that John McDonough is not worthy of blame. He is, because by all accounts, the story got to him and he stashed it away before the owners of the Blackhawks found out about it. And at the same time, though, there were six people in that meeting who colluded to stash it away. Yeah. The whole thing was sketchy as fuck. So, yeah, like you said, I mean, uh, the stick taps cannot go long enough for uh, Westhead on this. Yeah. Uh, again, dude needs to win a Pulitzer for all of this. Uh, just amazing, amazing reporting and uh, just unbelievable that, that, this, that this whole thing transpired. That's that to me, that's like actually the most sickening part of this whole thing. Like that something like this could happen. You know, this is all, this is, you know, just 10 years ago that this happened. It's yeah. Blows I me mean, away. And here's the thing. I guarantee you, you and I, and all, all 38 people watching live right now, I guarantee you, we all remember what we were doing in 2010. Uh, uh, yeah. <sighs> it's it, it's it's sickening and it's maddening and like I said I I I like you know watching Kyle Beach's interview with um with TSN like I I felt a lot of things because it's it's you don't want anybody to have to go through that. No. 
not you know? at all. To, just to to have to succumb to any pressure in order to get ahead in your chosen to profession. To fulfill your dream. Yeah. You know, like, can you imagine? But anyway, uh, we're going to let that lie there. Uh, let's move on to something a little more fun to talk about. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jerk loves himself some Kyle Connor. <laughs> I've picked him up in four consecutive fantasy <laughs> hockey league seasons because everybody continues to sleep on him. Uh, was just, you know, first star of the week. Uh, scored the lone Jets goal versus the Sharks. Uh, I mean, this is your fantasy secret weapon, is it not? Dude, the guy, <laughs> look at, okay, go back the last four seasons. 31 goals, didn't play a full season. 34 goals, 38 goals, didn't play a full season. 26 last year. Guy, I swear to God, guy puts up 40 in his sleep. <laughs> Everybody talks about Alexander Ovechkin, as they should. Everybody talks about Patrick Laine, Austin Matthews. They should. These are all good goal scorers. So uh, Connor, Kyle David, maybe. Kyle Connor. I like I said, people regularly sleep on this guy, and I've been able to pick him up in four straight fantasy hockey league seasons. And every year, he's been awesome for me. There you go. So let me ask you this one: Who wins a game first, Chicago or Arizona? As much as I hate to say it, because uh, I, I personally think they should go zero and eighty-two, but I think, I think Chicago. I mean, they have a better roster than Arizona. Well, I mean, I mean they both play in the same shitty division. That too, <laughs> but I, I think they, you know, I, I believe Chicago's roster is better than Arizona's, and I think that's why you look and you know Chicago is zero seven and two, Arizona's zero eight and one. I think that you know. <laughs> they are, are, are less shitty than are, Arizona. Are, are we just going to wait until they both play each other and then we'll determine? What Honestly, that might be what does it. Uh, all right. So, who's the last to lose a game in regulation? Florida, Carolina, or Washington? I'm I'm kind of I don't don't ask me why I'm kind of leaning Carolina for some reason. I'm thinking Florida, just because you're probably like, right. Be, well, because Florida, like Florida, is stacked, top to top to bottom, and their guy, their guys are buzzing, right? Versus Carolina, I mean, they are stacked. Their guys are playing well, but I, I don't know. I think I just like Florida's talent more, not right. by much, but I like it more. All right, I dig it. I'm just, I'm surprised that we're, you know, two weeks into the season, we've got two teams that have yet to win a game. But we have three teams that have yet to lose in regulation. That Remember what we were saying about outliers? <laughs> hey, now. Uh, let's dive into some former Sharks for a hot minute. Uh, Martin Jones. Oh, Ian, please tell me you're still watching. Uh, <laughs> now rocking a 941 save percentage, a 201 goals against with two wins under his belt. We are 18 starts away from an Ian shaving. We are 18 starts. If he get, and he's getting better, you know, like his first his safe percentage from that first win was like in the nine twenties or something. Now he's at nine forty one. Oh, you love to see it. Uh, you know what you don't love to see that much is Josh Norris throwing up five goals, six I points. I love to see it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> five goals, six points in seven games for Ottawa. This is a guy who was like, 
you know, penciled in as the third line center. Maybe if we, you know, if there's an injury, maybe he can, you know, slot into second. And so, nope, right now, nope, number one. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's their number one center. Um, I would say he's their best player. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, he's and 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 you know, clearly not phased by anything going on. You know, he last year he spent pretty much all of last year with. Um, Drake Batherson and Brady Kachuk, and that line was really good. This year, obviously, Brady Kachuk goes through, um, you know, goes through the uh, <laughs> intense negotiations. <laughs> yeah, the contract negotiation, and so and so, you know, they put Tim Stutzla up on that line. But Stutzla. hey, no problem for Norris. He's still going to get his points and be on his merry way. And um, you know, he leads uh, leads all their forwards in um, in ice time. You know, uh, both five versus five and power play doesn't kill penalties, but hey, and he's killing it a, every. You other don't one. need a, you don't need a guy like that to kill penalties. No, <laughs> I mean unbelievable. Uh, Ian coming back. What is this? <laughs> this is still Martin Jones. He has had hot streaks before. <laughs> I think what Ian's trying to get at is he will go cold before <laughs> a razor is popped out. Uh, speaking of the. Florida Panthers, as we were a hot minute ago. Joe Thornton finally has his first goal as a Panther. Good for him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Joe Pavelski is still a little quiet. Two goals and a, an assist in eight games, but is only one of two players with a plus for the Stars. So, not that that means anything. Uh, speaking of which, how did Eric Carlson do this week? Does he have a minus in front of his name in those three games? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, the two games that he played? Anyway. So, well, let's take a look. Uh, he was, uh, let's see. Nashville? Even against Nashville and dash one against Montreal. And then didn't play. Okay, so, you know, but, for all the carving that there was, uh, didn't show up this past but, week. <laughs> but still positive two on the season. Six points in seven games, which is where y- you said you wanted him to be. Yeah. If, so, if, if he can win it out. <laughs> he also hasn't played, so, you know, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's dive into uh, the, the young one. So... As we said earlier, wow, there's a lot of stuff going on here, isn't it? <laughs> Look at that. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, what we said earlier about the Barracuda, they should have been playing against the Stockton Heat right now, but of course that game was postponed because everything uh, happening COVID-related to the Sharks. So right now, as it stands, the Barracuda have played four games. They are 2-1-1. One, and one. Last one, 5-4 overtime loss versus the Colorado Eagles, your Avalanche affiliate. Uh, right now, the leaders for the team in goals, we have four, no, I'm sorry, five guys with two goals apiece. That's Hobgawax, Reedy, Leonard, Greger, and Nick Merkley. Leading in assists is Ryan Merkley with four, but Nick Merkley has three, so Evidently, Nick Merkley has like some things to say about no, I am the. There can only be one Merkley on this team. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Nick leading the team with five points uh, in net. Though it's a little bit of a different story. Sachenko only one start, but a nice nine fifty seven save percentage. Melnichuk, on the other hand, 
three starts, but has been lit up and is now at an 882. Yikes. Yeah, as, as someone who's a fan of Melnichuk, I'm I'm hoping he turns it around because yeah. you don't like to see that. But I would also like to say, just talking about the Barracuda and, you know, with everything, obviously kind of difficult given the circumstances that have now shifted to the Barracuda as well with the COVID protocol. But, you know, when I heard that there were going to be five regulars out of the lineup, I was saying hashtag call up Gregor. And I still stand by that. If he can get healthy, I say call him up. Well, he's in COVID protocol too, right? He is. Yeah. That, but that's what I'm saying is if he can get back and they still need a body on the Sharks, I know. call up Noah Gregor. I mean, four points in four games, obviously playing really well. But And I think I'm hoping you agree with me. But a guy I felt should have had a longer look in camp, personally. I would agree with that. But Weatherby's a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Weatherby killing it and, you know. There's still chances for Yoel to get called up. <laughs> <laughs> guy letting us know about the Merkleys. Merk, merk, merk. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, for the prospects, your top five this week are Tristan Robbins, who's just decimating <laughs> 19 points in nine games. Fuck out of here. You, you talk Stop about it. And actually, you know what? This is this is since updated. 21 points in 10 games. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, so God. you talk about a guy who everything he touches is going in. Oh. Uh, wait a minute. What? <laughs> uh Brandon Coe, six goals, fourteen points in nine games with North Bay Battalion. Uh Daniil Gushkin leads the prospect pool in goals with eight, posting yep. twelve points in eight games. Thirteen, 13 oh, and nine. Now it's thirteen and nine. See? Uh, so obviously games have been played in the last twenty four hours because <laughs> I I was running stuff that, but I appreciate you keeping me honest. Uh, Thomas Bordalo, two goals, 10 points in eight games at the University yep. of Michigan. Is that still the same? Yes, sir. All right. And number five on my list, I have Ethan Cardwell, point a game player, seven and yep. seven. Eight and eight. Eight and eight. Oh, my God. Talk about keeping it going. <laughs> Man, that is spectacular. Man, this pipeline. Oh. And even love then, to see it. even then, Alex Young. Eight points in nine games at Colgate University. We love to see it. Ozzy Weisblatt, seven and ten. Love it. You know, guy, the Sharks prospects across the board are stepping up. This is, man, th this team could be real fun to watch in five years. <laughs> <laughs> so I think with that, it's probably a nice time to put a nice tidy bow on it. Give everybody who uh, joined us tonight uh, time to run out with the pillowcase. and <laughs> <laughs> At least once, maybe twice. Yeah. And uh, go get that candy. Um, so uh, you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong on that social media. If you ever have any questions or topics you would like us to cover, you can always throw it in the chat when we're live or send them to us at Teal Town USA on the Twitter machine. Don't forget to join us on the Discord channel where the chat never stops. You can find that link somewhere in the show notes or, again, just Hit us on Twitter. We're not shy about it. We'll throw it to you. So with that, I guess I will say uh, famous last words for you, Mr. Jerkman. So it's been two weeks, and the, the Sharks, they kind of stubbed their toe a little bit. <laughs> you um, said two weeks, and immediately in my head, I just thought, two? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they, they stubbed their toe a little bit, but they are still in a playoff spot, and you know, even in the three games that they've lost, and, and Ian kind of mentioned this on After Dark last night, 
I don't really think, aside from the first two periods against Montreal, there's not really been a F this team moment this year. Dude, like, like you, you see them battling. Like you it's like, oh, you know, boy, if that just bounces one way. Like you the compete is there. That you don't see the white flag that we saw the last couple seasons. Exactly, which I think is I think that's huge. And I think that's important in being a good team is it's you huge. Know, it's huge, you know. <laughs> <laughs> going down two to zero and not getting rattled, just chipping away, doing your thing. And yeah. even if you don't win the game, at least you put up a good fight to try and get back into it. Um, and you give that team something to think about. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. And you know the the module, you know, over eight games, the module hasn't really shifted all oh, that much. Shit. But I'm such a shitty host. But we didn't <laughs> talk about the module. Where are we at right, right now? Give me your top three in the module right now. Top top three. So we got Timo Meyer with a module score of eleven. He's Shocker. got uh, five goals: one low value, two mid value, two high value. Uh, was number one for a long time. Has dropped to number two. But Jonathan Dolan. Uh, module score of eight. He's got one mid-value goal, two high-value goals. Tomash Hurdle in third, same exact thing as Jonathan Dolan. Logan Couture at number four, one low-value goal, but he's got two high-values. And Kevin LeBanc, one low-value, but one high-value. Analytics darling. There you go. That's your that's your top five. And you know, just looking at it, you know, the Sharks, they've they, you know they're five five and three this year. Um, they haven't had the guys who have scored goals for them have scored a lot. Yeah. And so I'm wanting to see, you know, especially coming into next week, we got three games coming up. I want to see, I'd like to, you know, Balsers is on the board. He's got a goal. I'd like to see a couple more goals from Balsers. I'd love to see Barabanov yeah. get a goal. I'd like to see William Eklund get his first Benino, Brent Burns, obviously, you know, I'm, you know, you want everybody to, enjoy, obviously, you want your best players to have the most goals, but you also want everybody to get in on the fun. Yeah, Burns is the one that I'm going, boy, for as much ice time as you're seeing. <laughs> you know, I'd like to see you on the score sheet a little more. I agree. But, you know, Module's in a good place. Timo Meyer, um, you know, Timo Meyer was comfortably in third place. In these last couple games, he's exploded up to first. So we'll see how that goes over the next couple games. Yeah. Exciting. Uh, last words for me. Um, look, I'm not going to hold back. Ruben, you're pissing me off, man. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. I mean, like grabs, grabs the tribal Jersey and then gets a signature within 48 hours. I mean, come on, man. Taunting me, taunting me with a signature and being featured on the pregame. Like, come on, man. You, you know what, dude? You gotta. Here's what I would say to that. So you know how all the um, all the jerseys they have like the whatever the um, that logo stitched in um, on the bottom of the jersey for the recycled thing. Oh yeah, the prime green. Yeah. You you dude, you gotta come up with your own jock tag. I know, right? Or at the very like, least, somebody maybe said on, I should on sign the... the inside of the fight strap. Do that or on the hip, just like stitch, like have AJ stitched into it on the yeah. hip. Yeah, just or just I think just signing the the like grab a sharpie, just sign the inside of the fight strap. I think that'd be yeah. fine. Absolutely. You know, but yeah, like but the, I like the idea of like the little tag or whatever. <laughs> but see, the whole thing is like if I sign it with a sharpie, that's not something you can sit there with a you know with a uh, a, a seam ripper and cut off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
So, uh, and so, uh, they, you know, look, I mean, we say no free ads, but if you're interested in these jerseys that we're talking about, if you want to pick one up, you can find it on Instagram, SJ Sharks Jerseys. So that's, that's my new Insta for, for all my, as you can see over my shoulder, you know, there's one that is, is available to purchase right now, the stealth inversion. So, uh, Hey, remember you can find everything on tealtownusa.com, all the stuff that we're doing. We thank you so much for following along when you join us on the podcast. Again, if you're listening to us on some sort of podcast platform that is audio only like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever. Help us out. Do us a favor. Subscribe to our content. Leave a review if you can. We prefer five stars. Uh, (laughs) You can find links to our social media, the podcast apps, and more in the YouTube description below or the description on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Yay, yay, yay. Uh, As always... Hit the subscribe button if you're watching us on UbiTubi. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, Reddit. We're on all of them. Again, if you ever want to support the show with a little tip, we love it. We appreciate it. You can use the Super Chat option during the live shows. Hit us up on Venmo anytime at Teal Town USA. So with that, um, look, happy Halloween, everybody. I think we'll all be happier if we're talking about William Eklund playing his 11th game next week. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd all be a little happier for that. Yeah, so, a little bit. Yeah. Find everything on tealtownusa.com. Remember to check us out after every single Sharks game for After Dark. And that's our show, guys. Thanks for watching and listening. We will see you next week for episode 139. Ah. <sighs> What are we looking for? Nobody's, uh, you know what? Maybe next week, somebody, whether it's myself or Jerk, we will bring in for show and tell the milk carton that features Evander Kane's photo on the side. Good night, everybody. See you in the Discord.